The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Psalm 23. We've sojourned in the book of Psalm 23. We've been able to bring out some of the things that are important to the test. If you recall, everybody throughout scripture, before David even came, there are many metaphors that have been used to describe God. In some instances, God has been described as a warrior. People had an encounter with God and they called him Jehovah El Gibor, which means the God that sits in the heavens is not only there, but he comes down and fights for his people. Apart from that, there are other instances where God will provide. And so Abraham will meet this God. And when Abraham was in need and God will make provision for him, he will call him Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord God who is able to provide for his people. And so there are many of those instances that God has been used as a banner or described as a banner, been described as Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who is a banner, the Lord that you can make him your banner when you are in any battle or you are under any attack or you are going into any confrontation, you can make him your banner. The flag that you wave over your life, when everybody sees you, knows where you are coming from. In other instances, he has been termed as the Makadishkemi, the Lord who is your sanctifier. That when people are going through stuff and they get through places and they, just like the high priest called Joshua, when he was standing before God to minister unto the people. And the Bible says that the devil had come and said, you cannot listen to this person. God showed up and said, I am his makadishkemi, I am his sanctifier. That is to mean that the God that you serve when you go through things and the enemy wants to lay an accusation over your life, God says, I have what it takes to sanctify people that I have purchased. The blood does not only cleanses, it also sanctifies for a good work. God is not only a sanctifier, he's also called the tzikenu, which means the God who is your righteousness. And so not only does he sanctify, he makes things right. And so there are many metaphors that have been used to describe this kind of God, but None of these metaphors that are used in the Bible can wholly explain who he is. Actually, if you think about God as only a king, you forget that he is also a God who is a friend. If you think about God as only the God of justice, you also forget that he's also a God of mercy. So if you think about God in any particular model, you reduce God, you catapult yourself into um, the reductionistic theological embolism. You get yourself into places whereby you are not able to articulate the mind of God into realms or places where God really deserves to be. Because you put God in a subset of who he is. He is bigger than being just a king. He's bigger than being just a God. That people call his God. Because there are many gods, but there is no other word. That is why when Moses had encountered him and Moses had asked, when I go and I meet the people and they ask, who should I say sent me? He said, I, I can't give a complete definition that will make sense in your human term or language. But when they ask you who sent you, tell them the I am that I am sent you. Because there is nothing that can explain me away. Now, in spite of all these lofty accolades, these high standards, these pedestals that we try to put God on, 
David moves the argument into a more intimate relationship. He's now saying that the God that everybody knows that when he speaks mountains will skip like rums and when he shows up, Jordan will flee backwards and when he shows up, the, the Red Sea can part into two. When, when he shows up, Jordan will part into two. They will dry up and let the people of God walk through. David is saying that this God is not only that God who lives there, but he's also my shepherd. He moves it into more of a more intimate, is the most intimate metaphors that has ever been used to describe this God. That the Lord God who is omnipotent, omniscient, the Lord God who is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, all-gracious God can also be my shepherd. He's trying to describe his relationship with God. What David is saying is that no matter how you see God, you can still relate to him. No matter how lofty, how high you think God is, you can still relate. He's high, he's mighty, he's lifted, he's a great God, he's a good God, he's the most powerful that you can ever imagine, and yet you can still relate with him. And David moved the argument and saying it to you, the previous meetings that if the subject of the whole passage or chapter is the Lord, then the most sublime word ever used there is mine. That is not just the Lord who is there, but he is my shepherd. He's, he's more of a possessive pronoun. He's not just there, he's mine. That God is mine. He, he is with me. He fights for me. He stands with me. Wherever I go, he is my shepherd. He, he leads me. He is there for me. Wherever I go, he does not allow me to go through things alone. That is a kind of relationship that David is trying to push out there. He's saying that this God that you serve, when you go through water, he's with you. When you go through fire, he's with you. No matter where you find yourself, God will never leave you alone. Actually, your mother and your father can forsake you, but this God will never forsake you. That is what David is saying, that he is mine. I walk with him. He does not desert me. He does not abandon me. And so when I go through anything, God is there with me. That is the kind of conviction David wants us to get to. That is the place where David wants us to find ourselves that whenever we are with God, as long as we are for God, as long as God remains our shepherd, he will never leave us alone. You might go through the dark stages of life, the bad patches of life, but as long as God remains your shepherd, he will never leave you alone. He's there with you. He will be there for you. He stands with you. He stays with you. Even if you don't see him, he's there. That's what David is saying. David is saying that because the one who is omnipotent, omniscient, the one who is all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, the almighty God is my shepherd, the one who is with me, then I will lack nothing. There is no way you can be with the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills and still be in lack. You cannot walk with this God and be deprived of things that will aid your movement or your sojourn in this life. As long as he remains your shepherd, he supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory. As long as God remains your shepherd, he's able to supply and provide. He's able to be not just a gyre for Abraham, he's also able to become your gyre. David is saying that he made provisions for the people of old and he can still make provision for us in our times. I don't know about you, but there are... A few of us who have that conviction in our hearts that this God that we serve, even though things might not look all that good right now, as long as he remains our shepherd, he will still come through and make provisions for us. He will still come through and supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. May the Lord God who is able to supply needs, the God who says that as long as I remain your shepherd, you shall lack nothing. Now, if you now move the argument a bit deeper, then you realize that it is not only about his material needs, but everything that was of concern to the sheep, 
the shepherd is there to provide. The shepherd, he acts as a guide. He acts as the physician. When any of the sheep is not feeling too well, it is the shepherd's responsibility to administer healing or be the physician for the sheep. Now that is to mean that he is not only saying that materially you will lack nothing, but anything to do with yourself. He's saying that as long as the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. means that whatever thing that can be of concern to you, God says, I will take care of it. I pray that God will take care of everything that is of concern to your life. Everything that is of importance to your life. Whatever thing that your life requires to be able to move to the dimensions or place where God wants you to get to. I pray right now in the name that is above every other name that Jesus will show up and supply all your needs according to his riches in glory whatever thing that you will require there are a few of you that are catching this but let me say this when the lord remains your shepherd nothing is missing from your life and nothing is broken that is to mean that you get the totality of whatever thing God is able to afford. Whatever thing that God is able to afford. Whatever thing that God can bring to you. Whatever thing that God can supply you with. I pray in the name of Jesus that even if the windows of the heavens are supposed to be open, said that there will be no room for you to contain. Let the windows of the heavens be open for you. That God will bring to you much more than you can ever ask or think. The Bible says, eyes have not seen or ears heard. Am I talking to somebody? neither has it ever entered into the heart of a man the things that God has destined for those that love him and because you are a lover of God let God open the windows of the heavens and bring to you above beyond and above all that you can ever imagine think or even ask him to do I sense the sound of abundance of rain God is able to supply and push to you what will make you lack nothing he said the Lord is my shepherd and i shall lack nothing he will fill me he will give me all that i need everything that i need he will supply he was talking about god's ability to supply whatever thing that is of concern to the sheep the shepherd supplies and so he was talking about the fact that god is able to cause you to have more than you can take god's supply exceeds your intake god talks about you read, you get to that point where we will get to in the subsequent um, sessions that your cup runs over. It means that no matter your cup, he can still exceed it. God has what it takes to bring you the overflow. And that is why the next verse is very important. After you've lacked nothing, he said you will lack nothing. It means that whatever I need, he supplies. Whatever I need, he provides. If I need great people, if I need good people to hold my hands, to lead me to great places, God says I will supply that need. You will lack nothing. If you need to have contact with good people, God says you will lack nothing. If you need good health, God says you will lack nothing. If you need good contacts, God says you will lack nothing. God is talking about the fact that whatever thing that you require to be able to fulfill destiny, I can supply it such that you will lack I will lack nothing now that means that prophetically if there is any lack in your life it is an aberration of the divine protocol if there is anything called lack in your life it is in the wrong place with the wrong person therefore I speak right now over your life whatever thing is called lack in the name of Jesus can I pray for somebody who believes in God anything called lack in your life 
we speak the word of God and we banish it from your life completely in the name of Jesus whatever thing you are lacking this is what God says that you will lack nothing as long as the thing has a name you can lack it if I need an open door the open door is a thing and I can't lack that thing anything that has been closed up on you we pray in the name of Jesus that even as the Bible says that you shall lack nothing let it be so unto you let it be so unto you according to the Word of God watch the scripture even as it unfolds he said because he is my shepherd I can't move into lack if you need children God says you will lack nothing if you need breakthrough God says you will lack nothing if you need an open door God says you will lack nothing if you need financial advancement God said you will you know sometimes it's confusing to say that but you get into scripture and you realize that everybody that walked with God when the going got tough God stepped in because covenant brings provision without covenant there is no providence so when there is any need on the life of a child of God God does not look at the person he looks at the covenant when God looks at the covenant he has with the person God moves from just being the God they know to the performer the reason the only reason why God performs is because there is a covenant with you not because you are holy not because you are perfect perfection is something nobody can attain not because you are holy but because there is a covenant that exists between you and him not through your own handwriting but through the ink of the blood so when he sees you through the lens of the blood he remembers his promises and covenant over your life and God watches over that word over you and he performs may the Lord perform whatever word he has spoken of may God perform whatever God performs not because of human act but because of the divine act it is in God's divinity to perform it is not in his compassionate outlook towards man either than that he'll do things for everybody his divine nature makes him selective he selects people on the base of grace what causes grace to be seen is a covenant the covenant is written through the ink of the blood the blood is the eternal blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins and so the moment somebody follows Jesus what he's saying is that everything about me is passed away and behold all things have become new and so if there is any family handwriting or there is any limitation in my family that made me unable or unable to assess certain dimensions of faith as long as I am in Christ I am a new creature that all things are passed away and God watches over my new creator to perform for me watch this because I lack nothing he maketh me to lie down in green pastures the sheep does not sleep to eat the sheep when the sheep wants to graze or eat it doesn't lie down it stands to eat the sheep only lies down after it is full and it wants to ruminate it doesn't lie down to eat the pastures are green it means they are fertile he has prospered but he is lying down now what he's saying is that when God becomes your shepherd he gives you permanency in prosperity let, let me try to rewind and help you 
understand some of these things. The sheep, well, the moment you see the sheep lying down, it means the sheep is full. The sheep is supposed to be so full. And it makes sense because in the preceding verse, the sheep lacks nothing. So the sheep is so full that right now in prosperity, the sheep can have peace. The sheep will not lie down when it is being chased. The sheep will not lie down when it is under attack. The sheep will not lie down when it feels threatened. The only time the sheep will lie down is when it finds peace. Do you know that when God blesses you, he gives you peace all around you as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So does God surround his people. Wherever God wants to land you, may the Lord grant you peace. You are not ready for this. Let me try and push there. He maketh me to lie down. Not after I've eaten and I'm full. I move to a dry place to ruminate. No. Where there is abundance in that green pastures. Instead of the sheep moving out of the green pasture zone to ruminate, it lies therein. What he's saying is that there is constant supply. When the Lord is your shepherd, there is constant whatever thing that you will need in life. Let there be a constant supply. Whether it's of grace or of need, let there be going to be constant supply. God will bring me constant supply. The sheep will lie in the green pastures. So when it needs greens again, it doesn't have to travel. The pastures are all. God surrounds his people with whatever thing they will require. May God surround you in 2017 with whatever thing that you require to fulfill destiny. So when the sheep feels hungry, it doesn't need, it just has to. Open its mouth wide. And there will be a filling. All that the sheep ought to do is to just check around. Labor reduced. When the Lord is your shepherd, he reduces labor and brings you results. May the Lord God. You see, when the Lord is your shepherd, what really happens is he replaces labor with favor. He replaces Labor with favor. Now, if that was the only revelation I found in the verse number two, I would have been very disappointed at myself. Not only does the sheep lie down, have place or rest where it is green. In fact, the original translation, the Greek word used there, is not that it lies down. What it means is the sheep sprawls in green pastures. It is made large as it stays there. It grows bigger as it stays there. The sheep grows wider as it stays there. The sheep sprawls. That means that when the Lord is your shepherd and he places you where the pastures are green, he brings you enlargement and increase. May the Lord God bring you enlargement and increase. Whatever thing that will cause you to be made large and big and increase and multiply, may that be your portion, that God will multiply you. The other day, the man prayed and said, if thou will enlarge my coast, you can only get your coast enlarged if you find yourself where the pasture is green. When the Lord gives you permanency there, what the Lord is saying is that I will make you large and big. I will multiply. The word in the book of Genesis chapter 1 is only possible. The Lord blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish your earth, subdue it. It's only possible when you find your place in the green pastures. Because that is the only time you can grow large. Some of you 
have been believing God for increase and expansion. When the Lord makes you lie down in green pastures, he brings you expansion beyond belief. Uh, there are things that you can't even comprehend how they are going to turn out. But if the Lord God is your shepherd, he maketh you to lie and sprawl. He makes you bigger than the biggest. God is able to widen your scope and reach. If you think how far you've gotten is the highest you can get to, be ready for a surprise. Can I say that again? Because he will cause you to sprawl. He makes me to sprawl. I don't want to add the next part of the verse. When he leads you beside the still waters. But today, it is about him giving you a place and enlarging your coast. When we say that he will make you to lie down in green pastures, it means that God will give you a place. And not only that, he will enlarge your coast. I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice, whether you are a Ghanaian, whether you are a Nigerian, whether you are an American, whether you are from wherever you find yourself, from across the globe and across the world, may God find you a place and cause you to be enlarged. May the Lord enlarge your coast. May God enlarge before I push in my thrust of the revelation, all that I said won't make sense if we take out the subject of the second verse. The one who is going to establish you, the one who is going to cause you to sprawl, it can't be you. It can't be any other person. And check the account. He said, he maketh. He maketh me to lie down. He makes me to lie down. In... So the making is done by God. How you get a place, how you sprawl, how you'll be enlarged. God says that I will make you to lie down in green pastures. May God, who is able to make people, make all things new, make things happen. May God make things happen. It means that my prosperity is not my work. It means my advancement is not my work. It means if I will progress, it is not my work. It means if my ministry will do well, it is not my work. It means if my business will do well, it is not my work. It means that if my family will survive, it is not my work. He maketh me to lie. God is able to make things happen for the doing is not mine. Have you not heard? Have you not been told? Have you not read it before? That he maketh rich and maketh poor. He giveth life and taketh away life. It means that God is saying that I am the architect and the engineer of everything called good. For every good and every perfect gift cometh from God. The giver of life in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God is able to supply and make me bigger than you can ever imagine. You know the unfortunate part is sometimes we think that we have to really push it together. Sometimes we really think that we need to keep hitting. I believe in industry, but I've realized that in this realm of ours called life, industry is important, but industry brings survival. In this realm, we find ourselves industry or hard work is important, but hard work or industry brings survival. What really brings expansion is a divine engineering, whereby somebody who doesn't even know anybody from Jack or Adam, will meet somebody and say that, have you met this person before? Let me hold your hand and lead you there. You meet somebody who tells you that, let me grant you audience with this person and let there be a break. You meet, it's called a divine. Abraham left his father's house without any bank account. He left his father's house without any flock, animals to his name. The Bible says the only person, the only things he had was himself. The wife, Lot, and the wife. 
went to a foreign land and once upon a time when there was a divine allocation of human resources god realized that resources were found with a king of the philistines he said my servant is with you i want to make him a great name but his resources are found in the wrong hands and because the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous can you surrender what you have to the man called abraham it was not industry that brought in fact what abraham did before he got what he did was treasonable he lied to the king instead of him being recompensed for his evil deeds god looked at him and said no for your ashes i'll give you beauty it tells you that this thing called lying down sprawling finding yourself where the pastures are green your eyes can't see it because the sheep doesn't have good eyesight but god is able to hold your hand and lead you where the pastures are green and make you watch this the reason why he said he maketh you to lie down in green pastures is because that green pasture everybody wants it every sheep wants it and so if you go to lie in the green pastures on your own other sheep will come and fight you but what he's saying is that when i make you to lie down in green pastures i look around to see if there is a competition and i ward them off you i fight your battles for you when people are coming to take what is yours i fight for may god fight for you may god defend your territory the only reason why the sheep is able to lie down where the pasture is green is because the shepherd protects the territory the shepherd protects the territory the territory god has given to you in your life he will protect your territory what is yours nobody can take it from you he will protect your territory your marriage will not be taken from you he will protect your territory your business will not be taken from you he will protect your territory your finances will not be taken from you he will the shepherd protects the territory so the sheep can peacefully lie down because when there is any attack the shepherd is there to fight let me enjoy whilst my god fights for me be still and know that i am god and i will fight your battles be still The sheep can, can lie down and really ruminate uh, and keep chewing and, and just enjoying the breeze because it doesn't have to fight for itself. In fact, it doesn't have any defenses to fight for itself anyway. And so if you think I'm the sheep and you're coming up against me, welcome on board because you're going to meet my shepherd standing by. He is ready to fight any battle. May God be ready for you to fight every battle that the enemy will bring against your life. Whatever thing they will bring against you, may the Lord stand for you and fight. He, he maketh you to lie down. <laughs> and when you are lying down, he makes sure that where you, you sleep, 
is free from any encroachment. That is to mean that where he wants you to get to, if there is going to be any encroachment, he says that I will fight for you. It means that where you will stay, there are others that envy that position. But he says that in that particular position, I can make you to lie down. And I told you the sheep will only lie down after it's full. It means that before he causes you to lie down, you lack nothing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I want you to pray that God cause me to lie down. <laughs> Make me to lie down. Until you are made, you can't lie. The only time you can lie down is after he has made you. God, make me. And cause me to lie down. After the Lord has made you, then you can lie down. Where the pastures are green. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer. Lift up your voice and pray that prayer. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.